Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Let's get it. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Four runs. Right in the air deep. Is it enough? It's gone. Ball game over. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky. Robinson. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. DeMarc in it. Oh! He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Swift. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Nights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Hood. Also on Snapchat, snap Hood. as we broadcast live from our First Midwest Bank Studios. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, in my bank account, yeah, in my bank account. First Midwest Bank, bank with momentum. We'll hear from Ryan Hollins. He'll be with us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. His thoughts about the what's going on as far as NBA free agency is concerned. There's a lot of news going on, so we'll get his thoughts on what could happen. Remember, free agency starts Sunday, and J.D. and I will be on the air on Sunday afternoon starting at 3. We'll have an NBA free agency special at 3 o'clock on Saturday as well. I'll be with Bobby Marks, friend of the program, the front office insider for ESPN. I'll be on with him at 3 o'clock uh, coming up on Saturday. If you don't remember any of this, I'm telling you, by the way, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Hood. That way you know exactly where I am. But Ryan Hollins will be coming up with me in about six minutes here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's talk about the Cubs, and let's talk about the White Sox here. The Cubs, they get the job done. They defeat the Atlanta Braves over at Wrigley Field. And so here we are at the halfway point. For the Chicago Cubs, 81 games in the books. And I will tell you that I think the Cubs have been underwhelming because you don't look at one loss record as far as, well, they're over 500. That's not the standard. The standard is better baseball. And we have not seen that from the Cubs so far this season. Even though this ball club won over 90 games last year, one of the things that you look at is do you see improvement? Remember, Theo Epstein said a lot. A lot at the end of the season. He said a lot of things about how this ball club is going to be able to change their approach, how two out of three ain't bad, that old Major League Baseball axiom, ah, if you don't win the last game of the series, it's okay. It's You know, it's not okay because he wants to see consistency with this baseball team. The Cubs split with the Atlanta Braves, and now they take on the Reds in Cincinnati coming up tomorrow. 44 and 37 says a lot about this ball club. It says that the starting pitching has been um, inconsistent. 
It also says all the favorites that you have for Cubs, whether it's Bryant, whether it's Rizzo, uh, whether it's Almora, whether it is Schwarber, those guys are not coming through enough to be able to get this team in a stratosphere that will convince me that the Cubs will be uh, atop the National League. The Dodgers seem strong, and it doesn't seem like they're stopping anytime soon. Some thoughts from Jason Hayward. He was on with Waddle and Sylvie talking about the difference in Madden this year versus last. I feel like he's you know, trying to be a little bit more proactive in just conversations um, you know, with, with us, with, as, in, as in the players, just about anything. You know, instead of you know, feeling like you know, he can see some things and you know, maybe you know, hoping we sort it out you know, amongst ourselves or not, even, not just hoping we sort it out, but you know, like, you know, he trusts his coaching staff. He, he trusts the people put in place to do their thing, but you know, he has you know, things that he can do to help us. And I feel like just in general, just staying in tune with us, just staying in tune with you know, the vibe, the feel, and, and what we got going on on a daily basis because it is a grind, and, it, and it's a long season. And you know, the way we do things here is you know, we have some moving pieces you know, on a daily basis at times with the lineup and with guys playing in certain places. So just being in tune and being proactive, to that stuff, I feel like is has been something that he's done more of this year, and you know, I, I feel like it's just gone. You know, it's gone better for for him communicating to us, but for us communicating to him, and just him having a feel of, you know, a better feel of hey, when he can push certain buttons and and when he can, you know, kind of lay back and just right. let us do our thing. Uh, Kyle Hendricks told us he's coaching more. Would that be accurate too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's to me all those things I was just saying. Not not to. You know, be rhetorical and things right. like that. But that's to coaching. Me, that's, that's coaching. Yeah, because you, you can manage people, you can manage personalities, but he's also a good baseball coach, and he's you know letting us in on some of that stuff and and sharing his perspectives on some of these things. And you know, it's good because not only is he doing that, but he's opening up the door for us to you know to give it back to him. My question would be, what was Madden doing last year? If he's coaching more, then what was he doing last year? 95 wins, coasting, feet up, enjoying the World Series championship? Can't do that. And if this is Philadelphia, if this is Boston, if this is New York, the phone lines will be lit about the underachievement of the Cubs all season long. But many of you are rusty on the, your laurels and saying, well, I got my World Series championship, but that should, you'd want, you should have a, a feeling of wanting more. If you're a Cubs fan. So we take a look at the first half of the season. The MVP of the first half of the season is Javier Baez. As the guy. I'd like for Javier Baez to steal more bases. I'd like to, for him to run the bases a little bit better too, by the way, based on what we saw in that Brave series. But nonetheless, Javier Baez to me is the electricity for this Cubs team that lacks a lot of energy, quite frankly. And I think that Javier Baez is the MVP of the team, the stick man. As Eric gives me the category of stickman. Pardon the expression. And I don't know why stickman is up there. The sure. woodsman or stickman? What do you want? Well, well, I don't want stickman. How about that? I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think I want stickman. I think I went to school with him. Um, I would say that the stickman, can Javier Baez be both? Can he be the MVP of the first half in the stickman? He absolutely can. And when it comes for stickman, it's between Javi or Rizzo. Their numbers are super similar from the plate. So it's it's Javi has one less home run. 
Uh, but Rizzo has a couple more RBI. So it's like, really, it's those two. But Javi very well could be one for both of them. I might go with both, or I might go with Rizzo, ESPN 1000's Anthony Rizzo for Stickman. Um, for a surprise. Surprise here in the first half. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I mean, I, what I'm seeing here, I'm, the surprise of, is, is the Cubs in the first half. That's my surprise. But if I had to choose one, if I had to have a, give you a surprise, how about uh, how about Ciszek? That's a good one. That's a definitely a good one. He's become a definitely a reliable arm down there. Is that? And I, but I, you know, you wonder about the closing situation for the Cubs. But Ciszek has proven to be a nice setup guy, and I think that Ciszek has been a surprise and disappointment. Well, there's a lot of guys in that category for disappointment. I'm almost willing to give you Chris Bryant. Not consistent enough in the first half. There's a, a lot of other obvious guys. Like I, I mean, the obvious choice would be you, Darvish. But if I took Darvish off the board, you know, I'm looking at Quintana. I'm looking at how Bryant should be more consistent. Discalso's been an absolute terrible signing. Yep. That's Theo. Yeah, Brian struggled with men on base, especially of lately. So Same. I agree with you there. Hood. So there's a you know there's a number of guys. That's why they're under, you know, at 44 and 37 underachieving. And again, we're not a first base, first place ball club, but still, that's not the standard. First place at 44 and 37 is not the standard. It's what you put up there earlier, Eric, about 44 and 37. You know, can't even get you two dollars on the L, uh, based on how they played. Okay, I mean, look at the other. Um, divisions and what would forty four and thirty seven get you there? Second place, third place in some of these uh, divisions, so that doesn't work. The White Sox, the White Sox, they lost in their series against the uh, Texas Rangers and the Boston Red Sox. And I looked at that and I said, you know, there's a lot of close losses. Like, ah, no moral victories. I like to see the White Sox be a lot, definitely a lot more viable, but we kind of know what the season is. It just gives us a taste of what the Sox could be. Jim Margulis from SoxMachine.com. What are the Sox going to do with, with uh, Jose Abreu? What's going to happen with Abreu for the long haul? Han and the White Sox seem to have some kind of agreement or at least uh, understanding with Abreu because when they asked about his future, he, you know, Han came out and said that it seems like it's very likely they'll be able to uh, have Abreu around while the good part of the rebuild gets here. And usually Han is not that uh, forthcoming when it comes to impending free agents, especially like Avi was on the same timeline. And he was very circumspect when they came to Avi and didn't really commit to anything, and sure enough, they non-tendered him. But uh, with Abreu, it seems like they're, you know, maybe it's the comfort there. Maybe it's uh, Abreu, you know, the White Sox being the only stateside team he knows and uh, having no real desire to test the market. But, you know, I, I guess at this point, given how the White Sox are – um, you know, seem comfortable with extending him. I, I figured it might have been done already, but maybe the comfort is to such a great extent that uh, they really are fine waiting until you know after the the season's over into the off season when something needs to be done. Hear my conversation with Jim Margulis in its entirety on the Under the Hood podcast. It is hour three, I believe, of uh, last night's podcast. Jim was really good talking about the White Sox, as always, from SoxMachine.com. You're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. This man lost a bet. Your expectation for game four is for the, if, if a healthy clay is good enough to play, you believe the Warriors will win, right? They absolutely win. They absolutely win. 
I give you like ten free interviews on the house. <laughs> so now we turn to conversation seven of ten with Ryan Hollins, the NBA veteran and analyst for ESPN.com as we talk about NBA free agency with Ryan Hollins right here in Under the Hood. Ryan, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, no problem, brother. I want to get your thoughts about the Lakers. It clearly, you know, the, everyone knows that they're trying to clear as much cap space as possible. What, how would you feel if the Lakers were able to fill that cap space with shooters, like multiple people instead of one big splash? I think that they can get more for their dollar if they were able to get the Danny Greens or J.J. Redick or whatever, because you need shooters around LeBron. Would it be smart to be able to get multiple guys to fill that space? I don't agree. I, I think you can have both. And let's say they bring in another superstar. You have guys that are willing to, to take less. And the, the one thing you have to know and understand in today's NBA there's a lot of really good serviceable basketball players. We're talking 3 and D guys that you can get later on in free agency. Why? You have teams like the Phoenixes or the Memphises uh, or Orlandos. They want to get younger and younger. So you can always get older. You can always grab a guy who can play uh, someone you're not thinking about. And there's more guys who can knock down shots. Now, obviously, I played with him, J.J. Redick, that type of guy. Danny Green played with him, too. Those are elite shooters. Those are guys that you know are going to make it happen at the next level. But think about it. You're going to have guys like J.R. Smith. I'm not sure what J.R. has left in the tank, but just how LeBron did it the first time around, you'll have those guys available. So I believe if you're the favorites, you're the favorites, which, which bringing in another superstar for the Lakers would do, those other pieces would be easy, easy to fill in, man, because there's going to be uh, a, the sight of a championship, the sight of being a favorite. And we've seen that before. We've seen guys like David West uh, opt out of money uh, to essentially go and play for the Warriors. they got multiple championships. So uh, I, I believe that that still will be there even if they don't break it up. But I, I don't think you can go wrong either, either way. I'm just thinking that the B-level free agents, and we know the obvious ones because you and I have been talking about the A-list free agents, but if the B-list free agents, I, I don't know if they will take the kind of haircut that, say, like David West did or Lance Stevenson or McGee or some of these other guys. Those guys want to get paid too, right? Yeah, but, I mean, the guys that you just named took a haircut and the Lakers weren't even favorites. Yep. You know, JaVale McGee definitely could have gotten a mid-level exception somewhere else, but he said, man, I want to play in L.A. with LeBron. I think this is a chance to do something special. So uh, I believe those guys will be uh, available. I mean, Contavious Codwell-Pope, you got to understand, that kid had maybe not a max contract, but somewhere around 80 or $90 million on the table with the Pistons and chose to come to L.A. So those guys are going to be available, man. And the more, the better talent that you have, the bigger names, uh, the better sites of a championship, I just believe, are going to be there. And that's some of the luxury of being in a, in a not just in a large market, but if you're the favorites to move on and, and win a championship, that's a game changer. What do you think is best for Houston? I don't think we've spent a lot of time talking about the, the Rockets. I don't know if there's a real disconnect between Chris Paul uh, and what is going there with James Harden, but I'd like to see if the Houston Rockets can get better. What, what do you think of them overall here in the offseason? Man, man, they're in a tough situation, and uh, I, I don't mind why they're in this situation. They had a chance to win the championship, so they said, "Hey guys, we're going to pay these. We're going to pay Chris Paul. We're going to pay uh, Capella. We're going to run it back." 
I believe there's a small window where you can actually look around the locker room and say that we have enough, and Houston felt that way. Now it spilled over in their faces, and it didn't work out, and that's something that you have to own. And the, the frustration, I would say, from the outside in is that, you know, everybody in that locker room kind of imploded. They start pointing fingers and, and blaming guys. Next thing you know, you look up, and, and uh, Golden State's hurt. They're not the same. And now the, the entire landscape of the NBA becomes wide open, and you guys implode. But nonetheless, there's something they're going to have to do via trade. Darren Moore is going to have to put his GM of the year hat on, and he's going to have some things to figure out because they are strapped to the cap, man, and there's not much they can do other than move some pieces. And they may have to let go of a Clint Capella, a guy that they love. They may have to see uh, a desirable situation for Chris Paul because he's not getting any, any younger. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what they can do. But when you have a talent like James Harden, it, it, it's a good place to start, man. What has been the buzz? I know that in Los Angeles it's about what Lakers are going to do. What about the Clippers? What about the L.A. Clippers, man? I mean, because there's still a possibility that could be a top-notch free agent coming there as well. The team's already good, but I love that battle for the Clippers to be on that same plane fighting and to and, and wanting to be at the top of the Western Conference. I think that's going to be interesting too. Well, in the reality, the Clippers are all in on, on Kawhi Leonard. And that's looking like a very realistic option there. And it's not just Kawhi. They could open up cap space and make some moves and get two max free agents if a guy like Jimmy Butler uh, shows high interest in the Clippers. And you have to see that situation if you don't want to go and join LeBron uh, where where you can go and win. But, you know, we're talking about the Lakers filling spots with, uh, you know, great role players and offenses. And you look at the Clippers, as we talk about all the time, they already have that. They got the, the, the two sixth and seventh man of the year. We're going to make up a, an award in Lou Williams and Montrez Harold, uh, and they have good young assets, uh, role players, guys that can space the floor and shoot. They have a little bit of everything. So uh, you plug Kawhi into that mix and a possible second uh, superstar, and the Clippers are going to be in business, man. Ryan Hollins with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. What is this, Eric, number seven? This is number seven, I believe, yes, of Ryan Hollins of, of ten appearances <laughs> on Under the Hood. So you had number seven now, dog. So it's good. Hey, here's something I haven't asked you about, about the big three. Ryan Hollins, right now in the entire big three, is there a player? Give me one player that for sure you'd have as your number one choice to go back to the league that could be able to get it done right now. Mm, that that's interesting. Uh, we just played against Joe Johnson. I guess the buzz is there yeah. uh, with Joe and his scoring abilities. But, dude, Joe's always played at the same pace. If you look at rookie Joe Johnson and, and veteran Joe Johnson, that's, that's about the same. I, I, I think the only question with Joe would be it's not his offense that, that people normally lose a touch on. Uh, I guess just conditioning and run, getting back on defense and, uh, you know, scrambling in, in situations, that would be the only the only question. But uh, the way Joe Johnson can fill it up from the outside, he can he can post up. Uh, he, he's a matchup nightmare. Uh, they call him, they don't call him ISO Joe for no reason. But uh, hey, Joe Johnson could definitely be a possibility. It'd just be a matter of conditioning. Uh, if there's any other guys, I, yeah. I'm going to have to think out loud. But you're going to see this more and more. As I don't know if people have really uh, caught wind, but he lowered the age limit of the big three. So mm-hmm. guys can be, I think, 29 or 30 years old and play. And you're going to see a guy play possibly in a free agent year in the big three and then go, go and play in the NBA. And I think that just brings even more notoriety to the league and it gives a, 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 a different tip of the play for the guys who go play. 
And we saw that from guys like Josh Childress uh, a couple of years ago when he played for the Nuggets. So uh, it's very realistic. And I think uh, Xavier Silas played, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and got on in New Orleans. So you will see that in a little more and more. I uh, when I'm watching the big three and I see some of the some of the players, I'm like, you know what, this guy could be on a bench. So like, so what about so who are the aliens playing? By the way, who are you playing this weekend? We're playing uh, Reggie Evanstein, Reggie Rashard Lewis, uh, Abdul Abdul Rauf, and um, I, I I don't know why you didn't throw my name out, Jonathan. I know you're a big uh, a big <laughs> basketball junkie. You probably watch that. I, I, I thought that would be the first thing you said. Hey, Ryan, how's you sign it back up so I could I could. Uh, Honorably decline and say no, man. I'm, I'm happy broadcasting. <laughs> where, where was that? I knew the answer to that question. You can't get your opinion Uh-oh. out when you're playing basketball, so no. Oh, there's, 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 there ain't no way that you're gonna come back in the league. <laughs> I, I think if I went back to the NBA, for one, it would shock the entire world. It's not realistic. It's not happening. But you, I think you would absolutely love that. You would love that. Yes, because there was not no house of highlights when you played, and so you take it over every night with dunks. That's the whole thing. You'd come either, in, either, and, dun- either dunks or interviews. One of the two. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting the show. <laughs> if there's, I mean, you'd come in the game and then you would just dunk and have this serious look on your face, and the crowd would be like, "Ooh." It, you kept doing that every time you played, so that's 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 what would happen if you came back to the league. Now you'd have like oh, the dunk of the night yeah. every time. Oh, what is oh, what's ho- why is Holland so mad? Oh, <laughs> that's what you that's what you brought to the table every night. Um, yeah, no, so no, I know you're not coming back to the league. Um, so is there any way is there any way I can get Pat Beverly to come to Chicago? That you know, there's a need for a for a guard, someone to be alongside Kobe White, and I, it's clear now. And by the way, let me just tell you this little insight. I was looking at the billboard, the Bulls marketing billboard, and and Chris Dunn's not on it. They don't want Chris Dunn around here anymore. And I would love Pat Beverly to be in Chicago. How possible is that? Uh. Man, I mean, Pat, Pat is looking for the bag right now, and he's not shy about it. So mm-hmm. if they're willing to put forth the money, uh, any team right now can make an offer that the Clippers couldn't match. match, match. Uh, and, uh, you know, selfishly, you want to see Patrick Beverly get paid. And uh, it, there's, there's a reality that you could lose him. And, he, I mean, he played so well, man. I, I mean, at, at, there's a point in the year where after the Clippers made a trade that just by the distinction of youth and age, he stood on his own two feet and said, guys, I'm the leader of this team. And the team just took off by, by, by understanding that. And, and Pat played better. Uh, it, it was just it, it was beautiful to watch. You know, I, th- I think what's crazy is obviously in the beginning of the year with the Clippers, I, I don't know if I can call it a problem, but they had so much talent, so many guys that could, that could come in and make things happen. Uh, that it, it, there wasn't quite a leader. You know, they led by committee. And then when you brought in the group of young guys, kind of the mid-level guys, and the older guys, Patrick Beverly, his head guys, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm chief here. I'm chief here. Don't, don't, don't worry. Follow, follow the lead, man. I'm the, I'm the captain now, Doc. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so, so what stands out now? Because Sunday is coming, man. It's going to be fast and furious. So some stuff's already leaking out. And what, what's what's the number one thing that's come to your mind right now as far as free agency? The one thing that you're most intrigued about? I want to see the first domino drop because there's a lot out there. Jimmy Butler, uh, Kemba, uh, Kawhi, Clay, Durant. I mean, there's a lot of dominoes, but everybody kind of 
you can hear a pin drop. You want to see the first one fall and see the first guy to jump, and then you're going to see every other team kind of fall in in, 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 in alignment. And if, if it makes sense, you always go. That's why I say dominoes. You see the first one, and then there's a chain effect. So I was a guy that would sign, you know, mid to later in free agency. You have more than enough time. Like, well, why didn't you sign yet? Because you're going after. You're always going to fill your roster and see what happens with those main slots because there's some later guys that you can get cheaper. They may be available. You know, they're still holding on. So there's always a numbers game being played behind the scenes. I, I can't. I'm really interested in seeing how this works out. I know that Commissioner Silva would prefer for all that talent to be spread out, but this is going to be the West again, man. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. I can see like this is Giannis is on the top with Milwaukee, but then there's Kyrie very well could be in Brooklyn. It's very intriguing to me. I can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be fun. Is, is this the most anticipated? Is it fair to say the most anticipated free agency we, we've ever had? I, I mean, obviously LeBron was, was really exciting, but I guess without a LeBron, it doesn't make sense worth it without? without? Aside from LeBron, it is because we don't know what's between Kevin Durant's ears. That's, that's, was, cause, mm. cause that, that's why it's intriguing. The mercurial Kevin Durant. I love him. You love him. But he loves the Twitter egg more. And he's going to do what the Twitter egg wants. You can't win a championship because you are with a talented team. You couldn't do. You couldn't hack, hack it with the Thunder. So now you got to go to the Warriors with a championship. Well, he takes that to heart. I wouldn't take it to heart. I would laugh. But he thinks that he would take that to heart to the point where I'm thinking, man. Even he, though he's got a good thing, he could go to New York just to prove the Twitter egg wrong. Well, look. Well, look at this, Kawhi Leonard. The way the season ended up, and we knew that would bring different dynamics to free agency. He went. He's thinking wins a championship, bro. That wasn't supposed to happen. No. He was supposed to be a Los Angeles Clipper. He was supposed to be an easy move, something that made sense. He messes around and wins a championship. And when he won the championship, now it's like, do I go? Do I stay? That's a huge wrinkle. Even though ultimately, I think it will be with the Clippers. But we've we've never seen a guy win a championship and then leave. And shoot, do you do you criticize Kawhi Leonard now because of the move? I heard a couple people say I've never won the my championship team. Well, you're not Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> right. I mean, look, T Mac left, Vince Carter left. He can leave. I, 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 he didn't I, win, I, I, he win. They didn't win championships. They didn't, they didn't have the success he had. Well, I, listen. I think also from a monetary standpoint, uh, Hollins, I, I don't want the Canadian government and the U.S. government dipping in my check every two weeks either. So. Oh my god! <laughs> you know god. how you know how us millionaires get it done, man. We don't want people dipping in our check. You know how we do it. You, you're tired of filling out like five different uh, uh, tax forms, and for those who don't know, for NBA players, uh, you get taxed the most in the state that you live in. But if you ever see my, you know, my kind of tax returns or checks, the taxes are taken out, so it'll be. You know, California, Utah, Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Texas, and that's all all different taxes coming from the states because you technically technically get paid where you work. See, see, you drop a knowledge right there. Some people did not know that. That's why you want to make more. And so, for from Kawhi's standpoint, if you want to bounce, you got you got your chip. Now you want to be closer to home with your family. There's nothing wrong with that. I won't be hating on them. Leave when you want to leave. And guess what? Canadians won't be mad either because at least they got a championship, something that the Maple Leafs couldn't do. So I'm all good with that. It's his choice. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm in, man. I, I, I think there shouldn't be ne- anything negative to say. You know, like you, like you said, he's an anti-Twitter egg. You can say. <laughs> Durant's like, I'm gonna show you Twitter egg. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna go to New York and start my own joint. Watch this. Watch this. Twitter oh egg. Gosh. He's concerned about the Twitter egg with three followers instead of what's right. You know, come on now. I mean, aren't we all considered with this, you know, consumed a bit with the Twitter egg? I, I think you are, man. It's only human, man. Hell no. Hell no, I ain't concerned about no damn Twitter egg. I'm, cons- I'm, cons- I'm concerned about your next appearance, sir, on the on the, the Hood Show. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you the day off tomorrow. I'll talk to you next week. I'll find you next Sorry, week. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. There he is. There he is, Ryan Hollins, with us here for uh, episode number seven of Ryan Hollins being on the program right here on uh, UTH. We have got a throwback Thursday that is coming up next on Under the Hood. Jonathan Hood. If you know, you know, when we all clicking like Golden State and you and your team are the motorcade. If you know, you know. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Also on Instagram, iggjhood. You know it's Thursday, right? Let me check the date. Yep. June 27th. That's Thursday. And what do you see on your social media? Maybe you got a text message. Somebody said today is not just Thursday. It's Throwback Thursday. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Before Snapchat. What is that? Before Twitter. So what's the sitch? There was. That's so throwback. Those were the good times. That's so throwback. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday memories. I see a little silhouette of a man. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Put your hand up. The throwback. All you need is love. The throwback. Taking it back. Go back. The throwback. The throwback. throwback. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Let's lay Throwback Thursday, Jonathan Hood, ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Throwback Thursday is going to be great when we do our show July 4th. <laughs> That's going to be great. When I sit in for uh, Kaplan from 9 to noon. Did you if, know it's got to be done. Did you know this? Did you hear about this? You I believe this? I'm producing. No. I, I don't know what show I'm producing on the 4th. Davis is in. I'm here on the 4th, but I don't know what time. You're right after me. All right, there we go. It's going to be great when I do a throwback Thursday. All that production, that early in the day. I'm coming down for that because I'm uh, going to be a part of that. (laughs) So that's going to be great. Throwback Thursday when things were simpler way back in the day. Here's our question for Throwback Thursday. What is the worst concert that you've ever attended? The worst concert you've ever attended? The venue in the city, please. Mine, I will start first with mine. Of course, I wrote it first on my Facebook wall, facebook.com, the 2017 Valentine's Day Jam. Aww. Took Peacock out for Valentine's Day. 2017 Maribel Star Plaza. We went to go see Mid Condition, After 7, and the headliner, Bob Brown. Bobby Brown. 
Bobby Brown got up there and was wobbly. He was up there and sang a couple of songs and then said, I'm tired. Here's a new act that I'm bringing out. Ladies and gentlemen, two dudes that we don't know. People started getting antsy. People started leaving on this V103 event. And then (laughs) he's looking at you, Joe Soto. Um, That's inside. But uh, it is uh, he came up there and then asked the band, "What, what should we play next? That was not a great time. It was not awful, but it was funny. So that is uh, one of the worst concerts that I've ever been to, for sure. Uh, what is Eric, your worst concert? All right. So mine was 2004, junior year in high school. And it was a Dave Matthews Band concert, but it actually has nothing to do with Dave Matthews Band. Uh, we took, there was probably 25 of us. We rented a school bus, threw a keg in there, and took it up to Alpine Valley because you can tailgate and everything like there. Uh, we got there probably two, three hours before the concert started. I'd say half the bus didn't even make it into the concert. <laughs> half the bus didn't make it into the concert. We're all sleeping on the bus, sleeping in our lawn seats. The worst part was when the bus ride home, everyone was getting car sick. So, like, if the bus would speed up, it would slosh to the back. If the bus would stop, all the gross stuff would just slosh to the front. You couldn't put your feet down on the bus. <laughs> A bunch of stupid 17-year-olds going way too hard. <laughs> Davis, what is the worst concert you've ever been to for a throwback Thursday? Progressive Missionary Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving midnight concert that I allowed my guys to talk me to going into. Oh, boy. Because he was a background singer for one, uh, one uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, anyway. Jay Moss was the headliner. Yep. So it was a midnight concert. So you have all these local acts. I fall asleep during all the local choirs. Oh, no. And by the time Jay Moss hits the stage, two songs. No. Now, granted, I didn't Granted, I didn't have to pay for it. I walked in, like, with my crates, proverbial crates with, you know, my guy in the backstage because he was talent. Yep. But either way, it was just like, first of all, I should have never gone. I was dead tired, mm-hmm. had dinner to prepare early the next morning, and I'm like on this pew, this hard pew at like 1.30 in the morning, listening to, listening to Precious Lord. Like, <laughs> it, it was <laughs> Kevin Vassar was his uh, the guy he sang backup for and uh, a good friend of mine. But yeah, I, worst concert experience ever, ever. On a throwback Thursday. Off the Facebook wall, Facebook.com. Uh, Ken says, Van Halen at Rosemont Horizon. David Lee Roth did more talking than singing. Corey says, old school hip-hop out of Maryville acts uh, didn't get paid, so some of them didn't perform. Like MC Light, like uh, Dougie Fresh. Damien Williams, who was the uh, the headliner, I guess as a comedian, also performed. Didn't like what he saw. Big Daddy Kane also. Slick Rick was there. Not a great time. Uh... See what else we have here. Oh, David David Meller says uh, Bob Dylan at the old Airy Crown. It's getting dark, too dark to see. I feel I'm knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> uh, Grant says Nas and Lauren Hill at the Congress Theater like five years ago. Nas was great, but because Lauren Hill, it took her two hours to finally come on stage. Really? Wow. I, world, imagine that. Imagine that. I free all 
Uh, Allie says Earth, Wind, and Fire at Ravinia last summer. Wow. Recent. I think it rained. It was a really bad night. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, The band was great, but the sound was terrible. You could hardly hear them, says Allie. Um, Also on a throwback Thursday. Somebody shouts out that they saw Rolling Stones and they were not happy. Still sounds good. Trevor Blanchard says modern day Romeos at Island Lake. There's like five minutes of dead time when they would just talk to themselves. <laughs> okay. Somebody went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert, didn't like it. Let me see what else we got here. Wow. The Rolling Stones one, by the way, was from the Double Door in Chicago. So the stage was way too small and big, and uh, and uh, Mick barely moved. It's interesting. Um, I mentioned Bobby Brown earlier. Somebody else saw Bobby Brown in '96 at the Allstate Arena. Oh, man. Star Plaza, BBD, In Vogue, Teddy Riley, and others. Teddy Riley closed, says Chris Avent. BBD went uh, on before them with tons of energy. Teddy Riley uh, put everyone to sleep and got mad because the crowd wasn't into it. <laughs> like, Why was he closing? That's a, good, that's a very on good that, question. On, on that ticket? That billing? <laughs> on that ticket. <laughs> I don't know why he was close. So south side. How is he closing on that ticket? <laughs> ticket. Uh, <laughs> Amy Grant at the World Music Theater. Baby, baby. Uh, only in forever. Steve Aaron saw uh, Amy Grant with the funny hat in 92. Young love makes a man uh, hideous. Uh, every time I hear "baby, baby," he says it's hideous. He he's, it makes him physically nauseous. He's got some nauseous. PTSD from he, his concert. I guess so. He says it makes him physically nauseous when he sees Amy <laughs> right now. Um, UIC Pavilion '94, Art Kelly and Salt and Pepper was not a good experience. Interesting. Um, Stan Zoller says the Cow Sills. Do you know who that those who they are? The Cow Sills. I don't know who that is. I do not. That's uh, that's on me. I uh, don't know them. Um, we did Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Did we do that already? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, Charles says that, that he didn't have a good time there. Uh, Riot... <laughs> Nathan McDougal says... Um, talking about something at Riot Fest that didn't work out very well. Um, wow, they're going back and forth. They're not happy about some of these. Oh, Bob Dylan at Poplar Creek. That was in the early 80s. I've always thought about Bob Dylan's music. It's better read. He's poetic, <laughs> but he's not a great singer or anything. He's Matt Nagy. <laughs> on game days, I, I carry a 11 by 17 play call sheet. Is on each of my You're right, it's much better. <laughs> it's much better what he just reads. And somebody did not have a good time watching uh, Cool in the Gang. Who could have a bad time with Cool in the Gang? 
Hector Gonzalez says fish opened up for Cyrus uh, Cypress Hill. <laughs> Who's on that hook? Fish opened up for Cypress Hill? What kind of concert was that? That's an odd one. So this is amongst those. Keep those uh, coming, by the way, guys, uh, on Facebook, facebook.com. Last one. Ready for the last one? Last one. Metallica was at the World in Tindley Park in 91 or whenever the Black Tour was. Totally off night. They were just playing bad. Complete opposite of their show at Poplar Creek in 89. Uh, and the, uh, the Justice Tour uh, when they killed it. Sometimes a, a, a group will come in and they just are just bad. Sometimes it's just not their night. I mean, it sucks because you pay so much for that ticket. But at the same time, you got to understand they may have an off night. Could be the second night of a back-to-back. There we go. Load management. <laughs> no. I, I don't know about load management, but definitely Bobby Brown was loaded. That's for sure. <laughs> Jonathan Hood. Because all we trying to do is do good. Put on my hood when I walk through hoods. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget on Saturday, an NBA free agency specialized I team with Bobby Marks starting at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Also, Sunday afternoon, look for JD and I. We're with you with uh, Dickerson Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. By the way, speaking of shows, the podcast is down and ready to be heard. Chris Black and I break down NBA free agency with our Love of the Pod podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, including ESPNChicago.com, look for the for the Love of the Pod podcast. Chris Black and I recorded it today. It's right there for you. Give our thoughts about the Bulls and some of the other goings on in NBA free agency. Check it out on the Under the Hood podcast and, of course, ESPNChicago.com. Also, for you wrestling fans, I got you, too. There was breaking news in wrestling today that, Eric Bischoff is back in wrestling. He's going to be presiding over SmackDown. And Paul Heyman will be presiding over Raw. Not as a bit, like as actually administrative. They actually are going to be working in the offices trying to get that show back. Those shows and that whole company back in order. What a mess. I talk about it. It's right there. Follow me on Twitter at WrestlingTWT if you're a wrestling fan. It's right there for you. We thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Our thanks to Madison Ostrowski. She's going to have to have a second chance at this. She um, she needs a rebuttal. She wants one. <laughs> she wants one. <laughs> Isaac Bruce and Ryan Hollins is with us. Show produced by Eric and Sean on the other side of the glass. I'm with you Saturday, 3 o'clock for our free agency special right here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget the Under the Hood podcast. I'll talk to you Saturday at 3. Peace. Jonathan Hood. Also Hood. On ESPN 1000. The Chicago White Sox. How about that?